It is so cool to be back here in Bozeman. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Loving it. Um, even though, I, I got to tell you, I think I like Great Falls better. Sorry. <clears throat> so, uh, um, again, as you can see, Russ is not here. He is up in Great Falls preaching this morning. And um, matter of fact, he's probably getting about ready to wind her down right now. Although he can be long-winded too. So, I'm not real sure. But uh, anyway, uh, we, we decided to go ahead and do a switch this morning, and I would come down here, and he would go up there. And so uh, the cool thing is, is we preach the same thing on Sundays. So what's preached up there is preached down there, with the exception of this Sunday. Um, <laughs> but uh, so if you ever come and visit, and you're in the middle of a series, you won't miss a beat because we'll be doing the same thing up there. We don't do it video cast. We actually preach live, but... We do preach the same messages, so uh, feel free to come up and visit us once in a while, would you? We'd like that. I wanted to share a little bit um, about what's going on up there in Great Falls. Russ wanted me to make a video, and I said, why? I'll just deliver it in person. So here I am. It is not Memorax. I am not Memorax. I am live, just for you. Um, So we decided in September, um, what, two Septembers ago? to go ahead and, and announce that we're going to launch a campus in Great Falls. And, you know, you guys here were so gracious about that, and, and it, it was awesome, the response that we had, and I'll jump back to that in a second. Um, so, you know, there were a lot of things that had to take place in order for that to happen, and, and God just started opening up doors and bringing the right people at the right time and finances at the right time. And God is, is doing such cool and crazy things up there in Great Falls. It started off with, okay, we assumed that we were going to have to go into a building and pack in and pack out and, and do that sort of thing because we wouldn't have the funds to lease a facility or anything like that. Well, come about uh, April... We were contacted by somebody up there who owned a building, um, a three-story building up there, and it just so happened that one of those floors had a bar in it, and they were going to move the bar out of there and move it upstairs. And he said, what we'd really like to do, because they're, they're Christian guys that own the building, what we'd really like to do is bring a church in there. And we'd like to bring a church in that's maybe a little bit different, that, that wouldn't be worried about how they look, but be be more concerned about how they can use the facilities to impact the town. And so they talked to us and we went and, and I don't know if there's any elders here or not, um, but we went up there and, and we looked at the facility and it was so cool. I don't know if you guys have seen pictures or videos of the facility up there, but it's pretty neat up there. <clears throat> the beauty of this thing was that um, he agreed that he would cut the price so that we could afford it. They just wanted to get us in there. And it is about the same cost or maybe a little bit cheaper than if we rented something on the weekends and packed in and packed out. The cool thing about that is this facility right here is about 7,200 square feet. Our facility up there is 10,000 square feet. <coughs> so pretty, pretty cool, pretty neat. So God opened up that door and um, we made an agreement and, and we went ahead and, and moved into this facility. But but God wasn't done at that point. He wasn't done yet. So we started praying, God, we need leaders. 
We need a launch team. We need leaders. We have all these things that, that need to take place in the church and outside of the church to fulfill the vision that you're giving us. And so we started praying for that. And one by one, God started bringing in all these amazing launch team members and leaders and, and just started bringing them in. People who loved God, were passionate about God and were passionate about being on mission and going out and reaching people for Christ. And so um, the team that God has given us up there is outstanding. Um, just loving it. Uh, everybody's just doing a fantastic job and, and things are, are going very smooth up there. So then... We came up with the next dilemma. Okay, how are we going to tell people about us? Because we're launching in September. How are we going to get the word out? So we came up with this idea. Actually, some friends um, suggested this idea that we would um, put up billboards and then people would see the billboards around. So we went and we talked to the the billboard guy and he said, how about, why don't you do this? Why don't you put up some teaser billboards? And then after about three weeks, we'll switch those over to who you are. So nobody knows what they are, and it'll get people guessing and get people interested and curious about what's going on and what's coming to Great Falls. thought that was a great idea, so we did that. And right when we put those things up, we were contacted by the TV station there, and uh, they were wanting to find out what it was. And, and actually, they didn't contact us. They contacted the billboard company because they didn't know that we were the ones doing it. The billboard company would not tell them. So what they did was they showed it on the, the, the midday, the evening, and the morning news, these billboards, and telling people, go to their website. Well, their website, you could comment on their website, or you could go to their Facebook page and comment on there. So this caused a huge, huge curiosity in Great Falls. And, and so people were getting on there, putting their guesses as to what it might be. Some people thought it was going to be a strip club and... and <laughs> Which, which it kind of is, you know, we're, we're helping people strip their sins and, and the past. And <clears throat> so I guess we're kind of a strip club, sort of. And then um, some people were guessing, you know, like a steak and shake and, and Starbucks. And some people were saying, it, oh, it's got to be Lowell's. <clears throat> and uh, so, you know, there were all sorts of different guesses that were going on up there. So about a week or I think a few, actually probably a few days before we decided to unveil those um, I contacted the person who wrote the original article for the, for the TV station, and I said, man, I said, how about this? I said, you're the only ones we're going to invite. How would you like to show up when we unveil what those billboards are? And he said, man, that would be great. So we got there. It was, it was the morning we were unveiling them, and uh, the TV station showed up with their cameras and everything, and they swapped those billboards out. And, you know, I had a great time talking to these guys, and they were trying to get me to tell them what it was and guessing and stuff like that. And so I had, had just a, a fun time with that. So the billboards were revealed. All of a sudden, we're on the midday, the evening, and the morning news again about our billboards. And, in, and instead of being like, you know, what we had before, we had like a, a hula dancer that goes in your window, and we had a martini shaker, and, and, it, and, and the caption said, uh, we're, we're shaking things up, I think is what it said. And, uh, you know, so that's why people were guessing. So anyway, they reveal it and it says, Connect Church, launch service September 7th. We're shaking up your idea of church. <clears throat> so that caused another firestorm on the website. As you can imagine, there were people who were really disappointed because they wanted their casinos and their strip clubs and, and, and 
whatever else they put down there. Some people didn't care one way or the other, and some people were really happy about it, you know, so there was, there was mixed emotions about it. <clears throat> well, in the meantime, the Great Falls paper came to the building, and, and they said, hey, we'd like to write an article about this facility, not for the churches, not in the church section or the religious section of the paper, but in the business section of the paper. So we were headlined in the business section of the Great Falls paper with an article about the bar leaving and our church coming into this bar. So that was cool, and that, that caused a bunch of people to see what was going on. So that, that was a lot of fun. <clears throat> and then, um, and then uh, after you know, the, the TV station had, had you know, written about what, what it really was and showed the billboards again and stuff like that, I, I had invited them to come to our launch service. And they did. They brought their cameras to our launch service. And they interviewed myself and they interviewed Russ. And they filmed almost our whole entire service. So once again, all of a sudden, we show up again on the midday news, the evening news, and the morning news. And what's really cool, after, after the interviews, they showed a chunk of our worship service on the news. So people are watching the news and music worshiping God is going through the TV at people. And then they're saying, come visit Connect Church, which is really, really cool. It's amazing when I think about it. It's, it's pretty fun, actually. <clears throat> so we had all sorts of publicity. You know, it's like, God, how are you going to do this? And then God does all these things. Well, it turns out that God wasn't done yet. <clears throat> we had a magazine, the Pentecostal Evangel, contact us and say, we'd like to write an article about what's going on. We've heard we like to write an article about that in our new trends section. So the Pentecostal Evangel magazine is a worldwide magazine that is for the assemblies of God. But it's a worldwide magazine and seen everywhere. And on page 25 of the November 30th edition, there is a picture of me standing in front of the bar and a big article about what's going on in Great Falls. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> So God just, just continues, continues to get the word out. So it gets even better. So while all this is going on and this publicity is going on and some people are, are putting some hate speech on the, on the Facebook pages and stuff, which you expect, right? Um, you know, not everybody's going to like what you're doing. Uh, we had another church, another one of the larger churches in town, contact us and say, actually, as a matter of fact, their worship leader was off that week and came to our launch service. And he came to me and he said, we got together as a team and we made a decision. We saw some of the negative things that people were saying about you. And these are right unsafe people that were upset that they didn't get their strip club. Um, We saw all these, some of these negative things and we just made a conscious decision as a team that we're going to jump on board with you guys. And we want to team up with you guys. And we want, to get, we want to get the city for God with you guys. And so that is cool. And, and, and they're not the only church that, that has been teaming up and, 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 and joining forces with us. So God is really doing some incredible stuff in that area. Some of you are saying, yeah, that's great. But what do you have, about five people? And um, so for you numbers people, I will give you, I will give you a number. And uh, we're about half the size of this church now. So we've been, we've been going about 10 weeks, and we're about half the size. <clears throat> so I won't give you the exact number, but we're about half the size. Um, so that's really cool, right? Then the last thing is this. 
and, and I'll share some more later in, in the talk. But um, like I say, God's just been doing amazing stuff. There's just so much stuff. The last thing is this, and I lost my train of thought. And it was really cool, and I know you want to hear it, but I can't remember what it was. Wait for it. Oh, I know what it was. One of the things that we, we were very purposeful in what we did about who we would target in Great Falls. And, and our whole mission up there is to target people who are unchurched and people who are dechurched. And by dechurched, I simply mean that people who don't go to church anymore, used to go to church, but haven't for one reason or another. Maybe they were hurt in church or maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe they got bored, whatever the reason. There's various reasons out there as to why people don't attend church anymore. You know, society's view of church, what, whatever it is. I want to tell you that the bulk of the people that come to our church are at our church because they are unchurched or they are dechurched. And so it is working. We are on mission and it is working. We have, I'm not going to get, I'll get there later. I, don't, I almost jumped ahead of myself. Whoa, spoil alert. <clears throat> so things are, people have asked me, how are things going in Great Falls? Things are going awesome. And I would say we are growing and by the size of things, it probably won't be too long before we're looking at going to the second service. So things are going very well. And again, you know, we're not, we're not pulling people from other churches. We're actually growing through unchurched and dechurched people. So that is exciting me anyway. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your word. Pray that every heart is opened up and ready to receive all that you have this morning, God. Doesn't matter how simple or complicated it is. One word from you can change a life forever. Father, I pray that each one of us here today will have our lives changed because of something you have to say to us this morning. So Father, we give the rest of this service to you and thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been hanging out in the book of Romans, and we started out with the series Shaken, and then uh, once we got tired of being shaken, then we went, uh, switched over to the verdict, because we're in the section of Romans that's more of a legal-type thing, where we're using more legal-type words. So we've been hanging out with the verdict here for a while, and I know that you guys saw a video from Hybels a couple weeks ago. Um... So we are catching up with Great Falls today. Pastor Russ is up there preaching something totally different today. He wouldn't tell me what... It, no, I'm kidding. Um, he's preaching something totally different, so we're catching up. Our series are catching up today. And today we're going to continue on the verdict. But the book of Romans is so cool to me. And the big idea of the book of Romans is simply this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes Romans 1 6 it's such a powerful statement it is the power of God wow do you know that the grace of God is the grace is the power through which God the vehicle that God uses for to get his power out there is through grace grace is simply unmerited favor it is the power that's so awesome to me so amazing we've been talking about three things so far I believe you talked about being justified was the first verdict. The verdict was that we're justified, just as if it never happened. No matter what's taken place, what you've done, what's happened in the past, when Jesus came on the scene and you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, 
His blood removed all of that, and it's just as if it never happened. Then we stepped into being righteous. You're now, when you accept Jesus, the righteousness of God, or you're in right standing with God. And the reason that you're in right standing with God is because of what Jesus did. It removed all of that stuff from God's sight. He can't see it anymore. He sees you as righteous. He sees you as pure. He sees you as his child. Or the Bible says, and I love this, his ambassador. An ambassador, when you send your ambassador, you're sending your very best. So God says he sends you out there as his ambassador because you're his very best. Last week, talked about saved. The verdict of being saved. Saved from the wrath of God. And I would say saved from a bunch of stuff. But last week, you talked about being saved from the wrath of God. When Jesus comes into your heart, you no longer have to be a part of God's wrath. You get to be a part of God's abundance and God's blessing. So that was last week. And today, we're going to be talking about the verdict of life. So here's this debt that stood against us, our guilt. God canceled the debt. He ripped up the paper and nailed it to the cross. That's what happened. So here's the reality. Your record has been cleared. Expunged from your record, wiped off your resume with a rag soaked in the blood of Jesus is everything you've ever done wrong. Every violation of God's law, every refusal to submit to his authority, every opportunity that you look to to try to get leverage over God by keeping his rules, Jesus' blood has wiped it away. You are objectively not guilty in God's courtroom. The judge has banged his gavel, and you know what he said to you? You're free to go. I find it amazing that because of, one, because of, of something that one man did, Jesus being that man, 100% God, 100% man, because of what he did, All of humanity can be saved and free from all the junk that tries to pull us down. There is nothing Satan can do to pull you out of God's grips when you have Jesus in your life. My wife and I have been married for 23 years. She's the coolest person that I know. She's the prettiest person that I know. And um, she is the most amazing person that I know. Bright, super sharp, and just a genuine, genuine person. And I, I, can, I can honestly say that after 23 years of marriage, I would do it all over again because it just keeps getting better and better. And our marriage gets stronger and stronger as the years go on. And so uh, she's just a cool lady. If you have never met my wife, I encourage you to do so. It will be a blessing to you. Um, She's an awesome lady. But again, we've been married for 23 years. And so, you know, this day and age, that's a a lot of people don't stay married that long. But um, over those 23 years, you know, I think think we've become similar in some areas. But other areas, we have just never become similar in. My wife... She is kind of OCD when it comes to filing and stuff. You set a half-empty soda can on the table, turn your head, and it's gone. You don't get to finish it. Don't turn your head. It's gone. Don't set it 
Don't set it down. Thank you. Keep getting those muscles going. So she's very clean, very tidy. Everything is organized. You know, all of our bills and everything for the past 10 years are in files just so and organized just so. If you say, I need something from six years ago and it's this, she will reach into the filing cabinet. Ta-da! And there it is. So she's incredible that way. Now, me, on the other hand, if you go into my office, you will see piles of papers everywhere. I do maintain, though, that I know where everything is in those piles. And if you ask me for something, I can find it. So my wife walks in, and and she walks into my office, I'm sure, shakes her head, and then walks back out and says, just throws her hands up. Why, Why bother with that? One of the other things that we're different in is this. I'm a person, I like to be early to things, okay? So if, if, if I have an appointment somewhere, I will be as early as 30 minutes just to make sure I get there on time, all right? And I show up and I will be there before anybody else is there just to make sure I made it on time because you just never know. So when it's time to go somewhere, I will say, hey, it's time to go. You know, my wife, she agrees, nods. Yeah, it's time to go. Let's go. I will go out into the garage, get in the car, start it, back it out, get everything ready and set out there and ready to go. Turn on some music while I'm waiting for her. First song ends. Second song ends. We're into the sixth or seventh song and she hasn't shown up anywhere. So I get out of the car, mumbling under my breath, things that I shouldn't be mumbling, storm back into the house, and what do you think my wife's doing? She's vacuuming, because we got to make sure the house is clean before we go somewhere, right? So, you know, I'm like, just leave it, we'll get it later. Oh no, that's got to be cleaned. So she's in there vacuuming or, or doing dishes or whatever. I've been out in the car for 20 minutes waiting just doesn't affect her like being early affect her like it does me. She'll be on time or, or whatever it is, and, and I, I want to be early. You know, it's kind of like that, that country song, right, Waiting on a Woman? That's me. However, I will say this. She's worth the wait. She's worth the wait. Today I want to talk about a difference between two people. And it's not a difference between my wife and I. It's a difference between Adam and Jesus. That's what I want to address today. And um, they have a very contrasting difference, right? So when I look at Adam, okay, I see this. Adam's verdict was death. And when I look at Jesus, Jesus' verdict is life. Jesus' verdict is life. And I, I just find that so cool. And then now I have a question for you guys. How many of you know you're going to die? Does anybody in this place know you're going to die one day? Anybody? I see some hands that aren't going up. So there are some immortal people here. Now, in, uh, in the first service, uh, someone said that they're going in the rapture. And I told her husband, if she starts going, grab her foot. <clears throat> Make sure you get up there with her, right? If you're my age or older, there's some things that start taking place. I know that when I go out and play sports, my recovery time is a lot slower. My wife sees me frequently limping around because this hurts or that hurts. And her comments of love are, suck it up, cupcake. 
I noticed that as I'm older too, people that I know start are passing away, right? People that I went to high school with are, are, are dying and people that I love and people that I know are, are dying. You know, when I'm younger and I looked at them, I never thought that never ran through my head, right? Another thing that I noticed is how quickly time goes by. When I was younger, it seemed like a day lasted forever. Now that I'm older, after I get my nap out of the way, there's just not much time left in the day. Days seem to go by a lot faster. For those of you that are younger, younger than me, you're probably not thinking about those things. And to you, music is like Justin Bieber, right? That was for effect. <clears throat> you know, he sells so many records, but nobody I, nobody I know likes him. How does that work? When you're younger, you believe you're invincible. You know, you see these guys jumping off cliffs and doing all these crazy things, right? They just, they just believe they're invincible. This is not supposed to rotate on me, but yet it is. Somebody fix it. When you're younger, death's just not on your radar. You just don't think about that. You don't see it. And the reason that I know that is because I was young once. Believe it or not, I was younger once. Um, now, Russ, he's lost his hair, but I still have mine, but I really... Never mind. Even though when we're younger, we think about, you know, we think about, we don't really think about death and we don't think about dying, but I, I want to tell you this. The truth is this. Nobody has survived yet. Nobody's figured it out yet. Nobody's made it yet. And you know who we have to thank for that? Adam. That guy. That guy. I want to jump into Genesis chapter 3. And I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of my version of what happened in Genesis chapter 3. So if you're looking at your Bible going, it doesn't say that. I don't see that in there anywhere. What the content that I'm going to give you is truthful, but I'm, I, I want to give you my version of it. It was a cool morning, right? In the garden. And God had given Adam and Eve specific instructions. You can do anything in this garden that you want to do. You know, take care of it. Do all that you want to do. You can do anything except for one thing. There's a tree in the middle of this garden, and it's got a piece of fruit on it, and you're not allowed to pick it, and you're not allowed to eat it. You can do anything else that you want to do. So have a ball, right? So it's the cool of the morning. Little steam's coming off the ground, right? It's nice and bright out. And over by that tree is Eve. And she's just hanging out. You know, you can see she walks by and kind of touches it a little bit. Hmm. Right? And, and she's kind of hanging out over by it. And, and then over to the side of the tree is Adam, right? He's laying down and he's looking at Eve going, hmm. Right? So they're both in the garden kind of hanging out. All of a sudden, in the garden, comes Satan. And Satan comes up to Eve, and Adam's right there. You know, the Bible's clear that Adam was there the whole time. So Satan comes up, and, you know, I don't know if he's making his noise, you know, or whatever he does. Um, I don't know if he sounded like that. But he comes up to Eve, and what you doing, Eve? So just kind of hanging out, right? Just hanging out there. What's that, Eve? Oh, it's a tree. 
It's a tree. Satan looks at her and says, hmm, fruit looks pretty good on that tree, doesn't it, Eve? She can't resist, of course, you know. She says, well, yeah, you know. Yeah, it looks great. looks great. Satan, well, why don't you just go ahead and have a bite of that fruit, Eve? Oh, God says we can't do that. God said we can do anything we want to do, but we can't have fruit from that tree. Satan's like, steps back, whoa, whoa. You know he's only doing that because he doesn't want you to have what he has. What he has is so good and amazing and all that knowledge and all that wisdom. And he doesn't want you to have that because he wants to be better than you. He wants to stay better than you. Besides, Eve, he really didn't mean it if he loved you. You can have it. He was just kidding. Eve looks over at the fruit, you know, and it really does look pretty good. I mean, it's looking pretty nice. Reaches over and just kind of touches it a little bit. And Satan's over there. Go ahead, Eve. Go. It's okay. It's okay. Meanwhile, Adam is over there dreaming about muscle cars and whatever else is going on in his head. Finally, Eve reaches up and, and she picks it. You know, and I can see her. She kind of sniffs it and, and she's, no, no, I shouldn't. No, I shouldn't. Satan's, go ahead. Go ahead. Really. It's good for you. You'll like it. I can see her maybe, Adam maybe gives her the look, and so she licks it real quick so he can't have it. <laughs> Finally, Satan convinces her to, to take a bite of this, and I don't know if it was an apple. doesn't matter. Maybe it was a passion fruit. I don't know what it was. doesn't matter. We always see it as an apple, right? So Eve finally just goes for it, right? All in, just takes a bite. And you know that Adam sees this whole thing going on. And he's watching, and maybe she was kind of his test platform. Yeah, you try it, and if you don't die, then I'll do it. Right? Really loved his wife. Nothing happens to her. Nothing happens. She looks over at Adam and gives him that look. You know, guys, that look that your wife gives you? Come on, Adam, take it, buddy. Because you know that if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, right? If dad ain't happy, he can go in the basement until he can change his attitude. And once that's fixed, then he can come back upstairs. <laughs> she gives him the look. I assure you, you do want to do this. It's in your best interest. And I'm, I'm kidding when I say all this. Adam finally takes it and he eats of it. And all of a sudden, all excuse my term, hell breaks loose. Shame, guilt, all hits Adam and Eve at the same time. It's horrible. And you know, they're looking at each other and and seeing each other in a way that they haven't before, and I'm sure they're reaching for for leaves and stuff and covering each other up, and, and the shame is overwhelming for them, and then they run and they hide. Here comes God. He's calling out to them. Where are you guys? You know, and they're hiding, thinking that he's not going to find them, right? Well, he's, he's all-knowing. He knows where they, they were to begin with. So finally, he comes over to where they are and said, what are you doing? And he's, Adam says, well, we ate at the tree and we're ashamed. And now we're hiding. And I'm sure Adam tried to deny it at first, but, you know, he's probably got some fruit in his teeth. and he's, <laughs> I didn't eat it. God says, what have you done? What have you done? 
at that moment that they ate of that. You see, God gave, before that, God gave Adam dominion over the earth to rule and reign over it. At that moment when Adam ate of that fruit, he gave all that authority, all that dominion over to Satan. And in doing so, he said, I trust you more than I trust God. And it was at that moment that sin entered the world and man was doomed to the life that we live now. But God had a plan. And God had a great and amazing plan. See, I probably wouldn't have thought that far ahead. I'd have been like, what? You did what? God knows the end from the beginning. For those of you that brought your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to jump to Romans chapter 5. We're going to be starting in verse 12. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 12. If you brought your, your paper Bibles, you got your iPads, your phones, whatever it may be, that's where we're going to begin. Now, you're going to see up here that there are words in red, and then as we get going a little bit later, you're going to see some words in yellow. The red ones apply to Adam, the yellow ones apply to Eve, and for those of you that take notes, you'll see two columns on there. We'll go through Adam first, and then we'll, we'll go through Jesus. Did I say Eve was the yellow? I meant Jesus. I was testing you guys, see if you were paying attention. Start in verse 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin, because there was not yet any law to break. Verse 14. Still... Everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many who through this other man Jesus and the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin for Adam's sin led to condemnation but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God even though we are guilty of many sins verse 17 for the sin of this one man Adam caused death to rule over many But even greater is God's wonderful grace and its gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation to everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone because one person disobeyed God. Many became sinners, but because one other person obeyed God. Many will be made righteous. Now, I want to point out that when it says many became sinners, it's a translation thing. Really, that many means all. It's a number that you can't count. Okay? It means all. So let's go ahead and look at this whole Adam guy and what happened because of what he did. The first thing is, is because of what Adam did or his verdict of death, sin entered the world. First thing is, sin entered the world. Second thing is, death spread to everyone. 
Number three, because of what he did, everyone died. Number four, because of what he did, brought death to many. Number six, it brought condemnation. And then it caused death to rule over many. It brought condemnation for everyone. And many became sinners. The Adam verdict is death. Someone in the first service asked afterwards, so does this mean that Adam and Eve went to hell? And it's a great question, right? The answer is no, they didn't go to hell. And that's a big, long topic, and I'll just leave you hanging right there. You're welcome. Let's jump over to Jesus. Because of what Jesus did, we have God's wonderful grace. Now remember, grace is the power of God, right? Everything that happens, happens through grace. It's the power of God that makes things happen. It is his unmerited favor, all right? The next thing, because of Jesus, came forgiveness. Because of Jesus, we can be made right with God. We get to have God's wonderful grace, God's gift of righteousness. Because of him, we can triumph over sin and death. You don't have to succumb to all that junk. You can get victory through Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have a right relationship with God when we ask him into our heart. Because of Jesus, we have new life. And finally, because of Jesus, many will be made righteous. The Jesus verdict is simply life. Through Jesus, we have life. We have life. I'm thinking of a man in Mark 5. In today's society, he would be in an insane asylum. He lived up in the caves and the hills and said he was demon-possessed and he would cry out at night in pain and hurt. They tried to chain him down, but he would merely break the chains. Nobody could help this man. Nobody could tame this man. Yet every night, he would cry out. One day Jesus is in the region and he's walking by and he hears this man crying out and he goes to him and he sees the pain and he sees the hurt and he has a little bit of a conversation with him. Jesus simply says to him, he looks at him and he says, come out of him, Satan, or come out of him, devil. See, he was a demon possessed man. Jesus deals with the the demons and what he has left is a man who's sitting there no longer in pain, no longer in hurt. A man who is free from all of that. Jesus and his disciples get in the boat and they head back. And this man is begging to come with Jesus and Jesus says, no, I want you to stay here. I want you to stick around. 
Sometime later, Jesus comes back across the water again to the shore where that man was. And that man is standing there. And he's got, I don't know how many people, but it says a lot of people with him. And they're waiting for Jesus. He went out, about, uh, uh, he went out and about, and people saw that he was free. People saw that he had life again, and he became on mission. And he was telling people about Jesus. John 10, verses 9 says this, 9 and 10. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10, the thief, Satan, comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I, being Jesus, not me, but in here. I, Jesus, just want to be clear, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, you want to stay in that whole Adam verdict, you get death and death abundantly. You want to jump over to Jesus, you can have life abundantly. You know, I have never understood why people get so offended by the gospel. Because it's so simple. People will say, well, you guys are so exclusive. Yeah, we are. It's the only way to freedom. It's the only way to life. And it's free and you can have it. It's for you. Verse 10 of the message says this, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. You want to be real? Get some Jesus in your life. Up in Great Falls, I had mentioned that we have been on mission to reach people who are unchurched and dechurched. There's a person in our church who came to the launch service. Hadn't been to a church since that person was a baby. Accepted Jesus at the launch service. And over the weeks that she has been attending, she was baptized at the last plunge fest. And over the weeks she's been attending, her countenance has literally changed. God has given her hope. God has given her life. God has given her freedom. You know, we can say all day long that we're happy. But there's still that something that's missing in our life. And she found it. Another gal, who was a D-church gal, had been hurt by church and felt condemned and judged everywhere that she went. And I'm not saying anything bad about other churches. I'm just telling you what her, her, her story was. Decided on the spur of the moment to come give us a try. This was the last opportunity. If this didn't work out, she wasn't ever going to go to church again. Showed up to the first service. She was out there. I remember seeing her. Then she left and, you know, well, we'll see what happens. See if she comes back. Next week she comes back and she's got several ladies with her. Well, I got to talking with her and I found out that all the hurt and the pain of the past, she told me about that. But when she came to church and she was sitting in the chairs, God just started healing her. And God started healing her friends. And she felt like church was a good thing again. Having relationships with people was a good thing again. I'm so amazed by what God does 
in spite of me most of the time. We just get out of the way and let God do his thing. The Adam verdict, the thief verdict is death. The Jesus verdict is life, real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Romans 5.20 says this. God's law was given so that people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Verse 21. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The verdict, the verdict, the God verdict... Let me try that again. The verdict God has given you is life. Abundant life and eternal life. If I could get the band up here if they're around. Abundant life and eternal life. I don't care how good of a person you are. You will still make mistakes. You will still make mistakes. You can never measure up. Only one was able to do so. Say, well, I was good. You know, I only stole the candy bar when I was a kid. Well, then you get into all these different standards of what's good and what's not good. You either messed up or you didn't. And the Bible says that we've all messed up. We've all fallen short. And because of Jesus, we can all be reconnected to God and made righteous again. I want to jump into the next steps. The first one's this. I want to challenge you this morning. Change the way you think. I'm under Jesus' blessing, not under Adam's curse. Will you change the way you think? I'm not just some poor old sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner. Now because of Jesus, I'm a saint. And now I get to live the abundant life that Jesus has for me. Number two, change the way you live. Live in abundance. Spend time in God's presence. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. The Bible says in Psalm 27 that if we will spend time in God's presence, He will take us to that high place and show us where our enemies are coming from. Number three, experience life today if you haven't already. If you haven't already. Could I have every head bowed in this place? If you're in this place and you would say, Bruce, I have never accepted Jesus into my heart. Or, Bruce, I used to know God, but I walked away from him. And I want to come back today. Would you raise your hand at me? Say, Bruce, I want that abundant life. I want all that God has. Thank you. I see your hand. I want all that God has for me. Anybody else in this place? I want all God has. Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? If I could have everybody repeat after me and those that raise your hands, man, give it all you got right from your heart. If everybody could repeat after me. Jesus, forgive me. Be my Lord. I believe that you died and rose again for me I love you 
I ask you into my heart now. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for my new life. In Jesus' name, amen.